And we continue on with Mile High Magazine. It's our weekly visit with Dr. John Douglas from Tri-County Health, formerly with the CDC, for an update on what's happening with COVID in the state of Colorado. And, of course, joining me is my friend Jayla Sanchez-Warren, who runs the Area Agency on Aging with Dr. Cog, the Denver Regional Council of Government, and they're in deep, too, hoping people with COVID and answering questions. So let's talk to Dr. John Douglas. Dr. Douglas, how you doing? Uh, Murph, I'm doing fine. Doing fine. Uh, excited about the news we're getting about vaccines, and uh, anxious to get Colorado's first shipment out here real soon. Well, I did read today that the positivity rate in Colorado has fallen a bit. Is that true? And that should be positive. Yeah, what we've seen very interestingly since mid-November, certainly in our counties, the metro area, really the whole state, is uh, we peaked. Things began to stutter their way down. We thought maybe Thanksgiving had the potential for reaccelerating it. Dr. Fauci said, you better be ready for a surge on a surge. And we had our seatbelts buckled. And honestly, we haven't seen it yet. And I just looked at our data this morning, and we're now 15 days after Thanksgiving, and we still haven't seen evidence of something popping. Um, so I am looking for all kinds of reasons why or are tests being delayed and coming back? No, it doesn't seem that's the case. Because they're out Christmas shopping? No, that doesn't seem to be the case. So I think this is probably real. Uh, we're in what the state epidemiologist, Dr. Rachel Hurley, would call an unstable equilibrium, which is kind of a fancy word that means things are kind of gyrating around. They go up a little bit and then they go down a little more and then they go up a little bit and then they go down even more. But the trajectory for the last three weeks has clearly been uh, a gradual reduction, which I'm very, very happy to see. Does that mean we've been behaving ourselves and social distancing and wearing a mask and doing all we need to do? You know, I, I think it means that we've been doing a lot of that. Um, I'm not sure I'd say we've been doing all that we need to do, because if we've been doing all that we need to do, I think the reduction would be steeper. But I think we really have done a good job. And I was on a meeting yesterday discussing whether or not, you know, what's really behind this? Um, is it what you just said, that we're all doing a better job? Or is it, in part, some of the uh, what we call policy maneuvers where community uh, capacity is restricted by the state public health order? I honestly think it's some of both. I think more and more people have heard the message of, wow, this is really a bad time. This third wave is not just a wave, it's a tsunami. We got record deaths every day. We got more people dying every day than died in 9-11 or Pearl Harbor or D-Day. And I think those sort of historic examples are kind of getting people's attention. So hard to figure out exactly and don't know if it's going to continue, but very happy to see it uh, uh, uh occurring since Thanksgiving. Good news there, huh, Jayla? Yes, it is. But does that mean we can go visit our loved ones during Christmas? You know, I, I think we'd have to see a lot more of a reduction, Jayla, to confidently tell people, you know, it's 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 time to party. Um, I think the, the smartest thing to do is to say you, we, we did pretty well as a society over Thanksgiving. That's great. Let's find some ways of celebrating Christmas carefully, and it probably ought to be about as restricted as Thanksgiving because we still have lots of – we've got lots of cold weather to go through. And even though I'm excited about vaccines 
coming. And by the way, the FDA hasn't made their final decision, so I don't want to jump the gun. But it's going to be, you know, three, four, five, six months before we begin to get everybody uh, with access to a vaccine that wants it. So I think we probably at Christmas would have to be uh, still have to be cautious and careful. Yeah, I agree with that. I did hear Dr. Fauci say the other day, because he's, I think, really concerned that 70% of Americans get the COVID shot when they're available and when their turn comes up, that we could see back to normal by late summer, early fall. Do you agree with that, Dr. John? Um, I think that's probably right. We think maybe now in Colorado, for example, Murph, about 13% of us have already been infected. We don't know how long that protection of being infected will last it's the cdc tells us it's good for at least three months based on their uh analyses and could be longer than that but i think the threshold we need to get to is having about 70 percent of us or so immune for most of us that means getting a vaccine I, i i am concerned that when when you see polling data about would you be willing to take a safe and effective vaccine that was free the answer is not everybody says yes. In fact, only about 60% of people in the most recent poll say yes. About 20% say no way, and about 20% say, hmm, let me think about it. I'm not sure. So um, we think that we not only have a challenge of getting the vaccine delivered and then distributed and into the arms of people who are willing to take it, but we also have a challenge of making sure everybody understands the pros and cons, and hopefully more will decide to receive it because I think they'll protect themselves, and the more we all protect ourselves, the more our communities get protected. Agreed. And speaking of how they're going to be put out there, those shots in Colorado, it seems to change, but, Jail, I know you're excited because it looks like nursing homes are on the first round. Yeah, right now in our region, in the Denver metro area, we have 97 facilities that have COVID. So I am really looking forward to this. Uh, this opportunity for those residents. Do you think the fact that the nursing homes are in the first round of the COVID shots when they get them here in Colorado, do you think that won't change, will it? I don't see that changing. I think I think there may be um, – the, the nursing homes are going to be served by a, a program the CDC has set up with a couple of commercial pharmacies, CVS and Walgreens. It's a pharmacy partnership program. And the pharmacies have actually got, you know, great capacity to handle supplies and cold storage. And they're uh, uh, part of a, a contract, basically, to go out and, and do vaccinations in nursing homes. We're not sure exactly when there'll be enough vaccine here for them to start doing that. This first shipment, if we get it, again, if the FDA makes a decision in the next day or so, would, would bring about 48,000 doses into Colorado. And we need to have enough for those pharmacy programs to work for them to have about 50% of what they need. So we may have to wait another week or two before we could begin getting out there. But I think everybody realizes that that's a group that's at huge risk, uh, even if we're not having outbreaks, but certainly when we are, and we want to get out there as quickly as we can. And the really good news is the vaccine looks really effective in uh, even older people. That's not always the, the case. Flu vaccines are often less effective in older people. And while, you know, we don't have data on millions of people, we've got a, a, a pretty good database at this point. So I think that's, uh, that's quite encouraging. Do you think the patients in the nursing homes jail will take the shots? 
I think the majority will. I think there's always been some, just like in the regular population, right, that don't want to take them. And um, we we always have that challenge uh, with the flu shot every year with, with people. So, you know, I, I think it's a point. It's it's really important to do education and not to to make people feel like they're forced to take it. If you force people, then they get really frustrated and they, you know, they know that they have rights. Um, they're not they're, you know, they're, they're there and um, they have the right to self-determination and to make a decision. We just need to give them the information um, that will help them make the best uh, decision that they can. We're talking uh, with Dr. John Douglas from Tri-County Health, formerly with the CDC, and our weekly update on what's happening with COVID here in Colorado. And, uh, Dr. John, I heard that a lot of VA facilities, VA hospitals around the country will get the initial round of shots, including the one in Aurora. Have you heard that? Well, certainly the uh, hospital workers, the inpatient care providers are at the very top of the list. Um, And, by the way, they're at the top of the list not only because they're exposed, but because many of us think that, there will be a certain amount of confidence building if people who should be best able to make an informed decision about receiving the vaccine choose to do so. I couldn't agree more strongly with what Jayla just said about this having to be a choice. It does have to be a choice. We will completely uh, undermine the effectiveness of persuading people to take the vaccine if it's deemed to be a requirement. So that's absolutely not something I want to see us do. But I think the more we can begin to build confidence in getting those VA uh, 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 providers vaccinated as part of that equation, I think the better we'll be. You know, Dr. John, I was thinking the other day when we're talking about the shots and who's going to get them and who wants to get them, we need 70 percent of Americans to get them. Don't you think it might be a little weird if the initial people that get the vaccine start showing some unusual side effects that the people that are waiting to get a vaccine might get scared off a little bit? That there is always that possibility. So the first round of vaccines in Britain, where National Health Service providers got it, two of the providers got a severe allergic reaction. Now, these are people that already had had a history of a severe allergic reaction, not to COVID vaccine, but to other things. They were prepared. They had their EpiPens there. No damage was done. But that was that was sobering. And I think we got to be prepared for unexpected things to happen. And, and and then to take stock and to determine, you know, if there's a new signal we hadn't appreciated, that we need to uh, appreciate that and, and uh, uh, take measures in response to it. So, yeah, I do agree with you that early uh, unexpected bad news could, uh, could dissuade people, just like early uh, uh, good news. You know, we vaccinated 48,000 uh, healthcare workers, and after the first two weeks, all we had was a swarm and some fevers. I think that'll be uh, encouraging news as well. So, Jayla, I've got, actually got a question for you, and maybe Dr. John can jump in on this. I was wondering about all the folks that work at Dr. Cog, our sponsor, the Denver Regional Council of Government, and particularly the Area Agency on Aging. Where are you ranking as far as getting COVID shots? Because you're out there and going to want to be out there helping seniors face-to-face as opposed to on the phone. Yeah. Um, we're not exactly sure. I think we're um... – and I was hoping Dr. John could help us with that. You know, and not all my staff are the same, right? But those that are going into homes doing like in-home visits and the ombudsmen that are going into facilities, those are the folks that are most interested in getting. We also have a veterans program where we go into veterans homes 
Um, so the people that are doing home visits and the people that are going out to facilities, I don't know where you think they might be, Dr. John, in the wrong, wrong uh, you know, in the hierarchy of getting, getting COVID shots or you COVID know, vaccinations. That- that, that is an area of ambiguity. We heard of, uh, the, the governor and the head of the state's uh, incident command uh, program, Scott Bookman, uh, had a couple of press briefings the other day where they presented the phases Colorado will be using. My understanding is that the sort of staff you're describing uh, would be uh, categorized as people in home health settings. Um, yeah. I haven't heard that said definitively. But if that is the judgment, and that is what my staff believes the judgment will be, that puts you in what's called Phase 1B. So Phase 1A in the parlance of this allocation framework are the long-term care facility staff and residents and people uh, working in high-risk health care settings, with 1D being next in, in the wrong. That's health care workers with less direct contact with COVID patients, home health workers, and then first responders. So you guys, it yeah. looks like, would probably be in that 1B category. Okay. That's good to know. And, John, uh, before we let you go, this is kind of a, a different direction away from the vaccine, but it's still COVID-related. A lot of parents are at wit's ends. A lot of teachers are at wit's ends. Do you see schools reopening right after the holidays, or will we wait to see what might happen with the COVID spread after the holidays? Well, I think both. In other words, all of the – Schools in, in, in our three counties, for example, there are 15 school districts, and the only three that are open for in-person instruction now are some small districts on the eastern plains. Um, the other larger ones in the in the metro area have all gone remote. Uh, they're virtually all, I believe, all exploring uh, to some extent, and in some cases very actively, the idea of reopening early January. Um, the school's problem really has been not so much the schools are uh, risky places for people to be because of transmission, but, but rather because as, as community rates get high, teachers, like everybody else, have a risk of getting infected. When they get infected, they can't go to school, or if they get exposed to someone, either in school or at home, they have to be quarantined. And so the schools are trying to figure out how they can buttress things to get at least the younger kids back, P through 5, um, and I think there, there's a lot of interest in trying to get that done in the early part of January. Now, they all will say with a caveat that if rates continue to fall, that would be uh, our plan. However, if we get unexpected curveballs, uh, we will, as we had to do earlier in the fall, we'll rethink that. So I think there's a pretty good likelihood that we'll see uh, the majority of our public school districts opening up, at least for the younger students. And by the way, that's another reason, Jayla, when we ask how uh, uh, social should we be over the holidays, uh, I think we often forget that community rates of transmission not only affects our seniors, um, but it also affects our kids because if they get too high and our teachers get sick and they can't go into schools, schools can't open. So I'm relatively uh, uh, optimistic about that, Murph. Yeah, that's a good point, indeed. Thank you, Dr. John Douglas, Tri-County Health. Thank you, Jayla Sanchez-Warren of the Area Agency on Aging with Dr. Cog of the Denver Regional Council of Governments, Area Agency on Aging. Let's be safe out there. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Social distance. Thank you to listen to Mile High Magazine. We'll talk to you next week.